guys, I'm Rachel Hollis. And I'm Dave Hollis. And we're married. For like 14 years. And together for 16. We have kids. Four kids. Which is like a thousand kids. We've also been foster parents to four kids as well. We're running a business together. We do a lot of things. That is a lot of things. <laughs> but we feel like it's possible, we know it's possible, to have an exceptional relationship regardless of the stresses you have in your life. That's why we decided to do a podcast together. It's called Rise Together. So if you want some tips and tricks on how we kind of get through all the things. This is it. Come on down. Here we go. <laughs> This week in our last 90 days challenge, we are really digging into the topic of other people's opinions. And when it comes to relationship, other people's opinions affects how you are as a person, as well as how you're able to work together as a couple and as parents. So we thought it would be rad to share some past speeches that both Dave and I have given where we discuss how other people's opinions manifested in our life in negative ways. We hope that you find it helpful, and we hope that you will check in with us online and tell us what you think. Hashtag Rise Together Podcast. You're already scared. You're already second-guessing yourself. And then someone in your life or life itself speaks into the exact thing that you're afraid of, and you're like, yeah, that's it. I I can't do it. Permission to quit. I want you to look at the dream again. Look down at the dream. It's in your hands. It's in your hands. And that is the hard part because I will tell you right now, nobody cares about your dreams. Nobody will ever care about your dreams, your finding joy in what you do, or building a tea house. Nobody is ever going to care about that as much as you do. It is your responsibility to see this to the finish line. So if you want to lose weight, or own an Etsy shop, or run a marathon, or be on TV, or whatever it is, that is on you. It doesn't matter if you have the most supportive family or the greatest spouse on the planet. They are not going to stay up in the middle of the night. It's not going to keep them awake. It's not going to light their soul on fire. This is your dream, a wish that your heart made that is yours to see through. And you do not want to be lying on your deathbed thinking, well, the laundry was always done. You have to decide to pursue your wildest dreams, no matter what they are, no no matter how extravagant or how simple, no matter if they seem ridiculous to others or maybe even too easy, it doesn't matter. They are your dreams and you are allowed to chase them, not because you are more special or more talented or better connected, but because you are worthy of wanting something more for your life. You are worthy of not letting your past dictate your future. Start today. Start right now. Start this very second and promise yourself Promise me that you will reach for something better than you are right now. Reach for big stuff. Reach for crazy stuff. You don't have to tell anybody. Just dream of something greater. You won't get there by saying yes. Because yes 
is the easy part. You'll get there by not giving up when you hear the word no. Yeah, I mean, my, I'll just say, my first reaction to reading the first draft of Girl, Wash Your Face was panic. I, in my, like, well, and the thing is, it was even less about that. I was, I, I am, like, really interested in trying to protect her as much as, like, I can, which is, like, I guess partially my job, but I'm learning even more. Not so much. It's, you know, like, not for me to protect necessarily. But there, just this idea that vulnerability and being so open about so many things was where she'd gone in this book of course, that's the reason why it works. But it was the thing that frightened me because I had just been – I'm finishing a decade and a half of managing optics. When I was at Disney, one of my jobs every Sunday was as the spokesperson for the Walt Disney Company to the press about what was happening in our movie business. Whether a movie did well or did not do well, it was my job to convince the press to write good stories about how well the movies did. So I was always managing optics and we live in this Facebook, Instagram world where everything's okay. Trust me, everything's okay all the time. And here my wife wants to tell these really hard stories really honestly about real stuff. So my first reaction was, oh, my goodness, what are you doing? This doesn't seem good. And, yeah, I don't like the idea of sharing stories in Chapter 5 of me being a jerk at the beginning of our relationship I was uneasy about our sex life being part of a conversation in whatever chapter that is. But the real, the real headline was I wasn't sure that being as vulnerable and as exposed and as honest was really the thing that she should do for wanting to protect her from – and now I realize from what, right? From like the opinions of other people or the judgment of other people. We now work in and operate in a business that – has as our primary commodity vulnerability, you know, which as a transition from having been just muscle memory in a space that was for so long about the preservation of optics, it's a wholesale change. And now every day we get up and we talk about super, super, you know, super honestly about things in our life, whether it's on a podcast or a live stream or, uh, you know, I'm, I'm myself trying to write my version of her girl, wash your face, dude, wash your face or whatever. And it ends up being called, which will be me really vulnerably talking about 20 lies that men have believed that kept them from being the best version of themselves. That is not a thing that I thought I would ever do. And here we are. We're going to go do those things. But what was your original question? I've gone completely off the rails. What in the world? Again, you think like you can't possibly love you more than I love you right now. And it's not true. Not even like, close to true. I don't even like that guy. Like eight years ago, I would like, like the blue so Billabong t-shirts oh that God. I would wear that yes, like had my protruding "Are you pregnant?" belly. Yeah, and we, we would go to, both to be Denny's. Much chubbier than we are right now. We had some terrible eating habits. Oh. Our like big excitement. Like there's not a more exciting date for us than this is pre kids. Then Black, uh, Angus. Black Angus wagon wheel sampler platter. <laughs> yes. Thank you very much with potato skins 
Yeah. Oh, I remember my, like we would get, I would get, get a, get a new a job, mail. like a promotion, or I, yeah, like I won a poker tournament one time. Like, yeah. what are we going to do? We're going to hit the Angus. Black Angus. I hope you'll like show old pictures There's of There's a really bad picture of us playing croquet looking God, like chipmunks. God, it's so bad. Ooh. I look like I got stung by a thousand bees. Your hair game is also unbelievably <laughs> better because that picture also oh, showcases so bad. A, a lack we're of, of better, care. We're such better. We're so much better looking. <laughs> my hair, everyone's it's hair. shocking Jack's how much hair. better looking Every, everyone's hair is better really than we were then the first thing i would say is you can read every book you can ask people like us for advice mm -hmm. you can do all the internet research or it nothing will actually prepare you for having children literally your nothing. experience will be completely different from everyone else's mm -hmm. because you are who you are but at the end of the day take as many naps as you possibly oh, can gosh. before your children are there because you will sleep. sleep a lot less and Give yourself, the more you can like talk yourself into giving yourself grace for all of it being just as it was supposed to be, the better you're going to be because it's hard yeah. and it's going to feel like you're not doing it right at the beginning because yeah. you had no idea what it was going to be like, even if you read what to expect when you're expecting or even if you talk to the greatest child rearer ever, it doesn't matter. It's like so easy to say this in hindsight and we would not change anything because if you change even the slightest variable, you don't have the children that you have. Like we wouldn't, I wouldn't change the timing. But my advice to couples who are thinking about kids is like, if you have the time to wait, wait as long as you can. Spend as much time as you possibly can together and traveling and exploring and figuring out who you are as a couple. I think society tries to rush people. Like, when are you, when are you gonna find someone? When are you gonna get married? When are you gonna have a baby? Like, man, yeah. take your time. To the extent that you can borrow a kid uh, yeah, to the extent that you can have like a niece a or a nephew come back. to your house and have them for a length of time that lets you feel the real weight of having mm -hmm. to keep somebody alive mm -hmm. you will then appreciate the things that oh. you do not appreciate before you have kids totally. like being able to binge watch a show on a saturday oh, you know like shows we sleeping in after we ate the sampler platter? ever like yeah going out whenever you want like all or of those things or not or yeah like maybe staying in soft pants you can you do it you can do whatever you want maybe like, i'm not gonna get out of my pajamas all weekend i was like a hot mess financially when dave met me i was a gamble i mean obviously you saw the diamond in the rough that i was gonna become i made like 12 dollars an hour with no overtime i live in la <laughs> i couldn't afford anything so it just made sense when we got married Remember the car you had that you had to run the heater on so that yeah. it would, yes. Yes, I had a green, overheat. forest green Plymouth Acclaim handed down through generations. Um, it overheated every time you even barely turned the engine on, so I had to constantly. I think for me, the, the obvious place to start is probably um, family connections. So I, um, after I graduated from Yale, I went to Harvard and got my MBA and then um, went on to be a part owner of the Texas Rangers. Later on, I went to be governor of that same great state. And because my dad was already president, it just felt like pretty natural that I would, oh wait, no. No, that is George Bush. I grew up in Weed Patch. <laughs> so, yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, so definitely family connections, though I love you all, are not why I am on this stage right now. So um, I, I moved to LA at 17 and 
Pretty early on, I started to meet some influential celebrity friends. Paris Hilton was one of them. And through her, I met my boyfriend, Ray J. And our relationship then led to me getting a show on E!, um, which led to product lines. And when I started dating Kanye, I just... That is Kim Kardashian. I'm definitely not here because of celebrity connections. I also knew that my friend Dominique was the only one who was going to love that Kardashian joke. So the obvious things come to mind. I wake up at 5 a.m. I want to be the hardest working person in the room at all times. I'm going to be the first one to show up and the last one to leave. And those are definitely things that I think a lot of other people, a lot of other entrepreneurs have had, but not necessarily the success. So what is it? I believe that I am standing here right now, even though there are people who have tried to do the exact same thing at the exact same time with more talent and better connections, because when those same people heard the word no, when someone told them they could not do it, they listened. I'm gonna say that again, I'm gonna be like a preacher for you because I want this to get into your bones. When other people who are trying to do the same things I'm trying to do came up against adversity, they listened and they walked away. And I think the difference between them and me is because I would not take no for an answer. I am successful because I have never once believed that my dreams were someone else's to manage. Guys, that is the incredible part about dreams, is that no one, no one gets to tell you how big yours can be. Yes, thank you, we're at church, keep going, someone tweet that. <laughs> when it comes to your dreams, no is not an answer. It's not a reason to stop. No is a detour. No is a yield sign. No is a merge with caution. No is this road is slippery when wet. It's a sign to be careful. It's a sign to reevaluate where you are now and how this new position is going to help you get to where you want to go. I realized, though, as I was coming into this today, that not everybody looks at no the way I do. That in order for you to be excited and stay up late and run headlong into your dreams tomorrow, that I need to, in the next 30 minutes, shift your perception of the word no. I'm going to give you everything I can think of to get you there, and I'm going to start with this question. What if life, what if life isn't happening to you? What if life, the hard stuff, the amazing stuff, the love, the joy, the hope, the fear, the weird stuff, the funny stuff, the things that take you so low that you're laying on a floor and screaming at God and asking yourself how you got here, what if even that is not happening to you? What if life is happening for you?
Hey guys, we're gonna take a quick break. While we're gone, listen to these awesome things we have coming out from the Hollis Co. I think you're gonna love them as much as we do. Advanced reader copies of Girl Stop Apologizing are officially out in the world, which means for the first time ever, people besides my editor are reading my new book, and I can't wait for you to read it too. I wrote Girl Stop Apologizing because I wanted to give women permission to do just that. Stop apologizing for who you are. Stop apologizing for the dreams and goals and hopes you have for your life. The tagline for this book is a shame-free guide for embracing and achieving your goals. So if you have big audacious dreams for your career or great fantastic personal goals for yourself, this is the book for you. It comes out March 12th and you can pre-order now on Amazon.com. Great. So, reasons why people give up on their dreams. A voice of authority tells you to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, girl. Um, voice of authority can mean all sorts of things. Um, maybe it was a boss telling you that you weren't qualified for a dream job and that stuck in your head. Um, maybe it was a parent who out of fear or caution or their own issues told you not to try. Maybe it's a spouse or a partner or a best friend who did the same. Maybe other people tell you you're not right for something. You're too fat to run a marathon. You're not in good enough shape. They think you're too young to own your own company. Uh, they think you're too old to take dance lessons. Maybe the voice of authority is your own. I think one of the most dangerous and detrimental things to women today is a negative self-talk in our minds that has been playing on rotation since we were little girls, so much so that it has become white noise. You are not worthy. You are not enough. You will never be. You deserve to be treated this way. And it's, it's, it's here all the time so that we don't know to stop it because it's just become a part of who we are. Maybe it's an entire industry of experts telling you that you shouldn't chase something. Yeah, I mean, for the people in the back, I'll say it again. You know, I, I've said this many times. I'm sure I stole it somewhere. But, you know, your, your comfort zone, like, that's not where growth happens. Growth happens outside of your comfort zone. And so I'd been a person who was fortifying walls around my comfort zone for the entirety of my life. And here we went into an experience that forced those walls down and the revelation that came in not actually being able to be in our comfort zone was it really truly made us grow. We we like we thought we had faith, but then we had our faith tested and that's when you really get to see how much faith you have. We thought we had a strong marriage, but when you're clutching each other in the bottom of a ravine, 
that's when you see how strong you can be. We thought our kids could handle things, but until we had twins that we were told we were adopted taken from our house because of a system that's broken, we were able to see how resilient our kids could be in unexpected change and how good that was for them, even if it was hard. They call it emotional baggage because it's heavy and it's hard to carry. And I think what we do as women, or maybe we just do this as humans, is we have trauma, we walk through something hard, and we're like, we do a little bit of work, we do a little bit of work to unpack it, but we're like, I gotta, they tell us we gotta keep moving forward. So like, it's fine, I got, I got this, I'm strong, I'm just gonna carry this behind me. So this, this is my childhood trauma, but I'm strong, and that was a long time ago. So I'm just gonna keep going through life, I'm gonna carry this behind me. And then something else happens, we're walking along and we're carrying this thing, and my brother kills himself. Okay, that one's harder, but I'm strong. So it's a little awkward to carry this, but I got it. I can, I can, I can do it. I can keep moving forward. I've got this thing, and I'm going to keep carrying it, and I'm not, not going to pay attention to this because I'm strong enough to keep, Dominique packed a lot, by the way, so this is actually really heavy. <laughs> She's like, don't call me out. I'm calling you out. You need to pack lighter. You're leaving a large um, footprint on the earth. <laughs> but we're like, we're good. And then, and then this one, this is my parents' divorce. But it's fine because I'm, I'm going to just keep moving. I'm going to keep carrying this stuff. And what we do as women, what we do as moms is we know that we have to carry this burden behind us, but we don't want to acknowledge that it's there, and we don't want to acknowledge that it's heavy and it hurts. So we choose things to numb ourselves to forget how much we carry for a while. So we drink, or we take prescription pills, even when we don't need them. And we look at pornography on the internet. And we do things that for, so for at least a little while, we forget how heavy this is. But all those things do, all those things do is make you forget for a minute. And then they deplete whatever energy you had to carry these things behind you. And so when you need to face and when you need to start moving again, it feels harder. And now I can't do it without reaching for my coping. Now I can't, I can't do it without emotionally eating. I can't do it without engaging in things that are not healthy. I can't because now I don't remember what it was like to live a life of carrying these things without all that stuff to help me get there. And the truth is, the truth is that you can't you can't carry them. The truth is to get over your baggage, like 
It's never going to go away. But you have to sit down first. You have to sit down and you have to unpack it. You have to turn around. You have to stop caring. You have to turn around and you have to look at it. You have to face this thing that you've been carrying behind you since you were a little girl. You have to face it and you have to acknowledge it and you have to let it out of your life. You have to let go of the control that this thing has over your life. People see success or they see someone and they're like, man, she really, she's like got her life together. She's, she's so successful. She's, she's on this mountaintop. Like she's made it to the top of the mountain. Guys, it's not a mountain. It is a hill piled with all of the things that that woman unpacked and forced herself to climb over. Because when you climb over something, it is hard. It sucks. It looks like therapy for years. It looks like being vulnerable for years. It looks like having hard conversations with your friends and your family and doing it over and over and over again. But when you go through something strong, when you go through something strong, it makes you stronger. And when you go through something strong and you become stronger in the process, not only that, not only that, when you see a sister and she's, she's struggling and she's carrying baggage that you carried for years, now you are stronger. And you can say to her, girl, I can, hear, I can help you. I can help you carry that load because I know what it feels like to unpack that bag. We cannot... We cannot get to where we are trying to get to if we don't acknowledge these things and look at what is dragging behind us. Guys, Rise in Minneapolis sold out. Our annual women's conference actually sold out in 27 minutes. We know, it's kind of insane. And if you are one of the people who so wanted to go, don't worry, we are adding another date. So save the date, July 18th through the 20th. We have no idea where, we do not know what state. We literally chose the only weekend I had free in the summertime. And you guys, it's gonna be epic, so stay tuned.